0: I want to welcome you all here, especially those of you. This is the first time we're doing live stream on a Sunday morning like this, and so those of you joining us uh, via live stream, we are so glad you tuned in here. For those of you visiting, my name is Rich. I'm the lead pastor at New Life, and at the end of our service, I'll be downstairs in the lobby area, and so uh, with some of our pastors, if I've never met before. Um, or if I haven't seen you in a while, I'd love to meet you before you head out of this building. Uh, Today's Vision Sunday. As Pete mentioned, every September we step back to focus on who we are as a community and what God has called us to be and, and, and do in this city. And it's an opportunity to, for to us to focus big picture, this is who we are, as well as to focus on the particular thrust in this season of our church. And so the goal today is to paint a picture for you, a vision of who God has called us to be as this church here in Queens, New York City, and and what are we called to do. And so you'll notice in your, if you came in, there was a a booklet you received. It's a, a series of daily offices, a series of prayers, or to anchor you in your times of prayer, and they're based on our 5Ms. Consider it a labor of love, right? And so as I was typing on my computer, I imagine you all uh, taking time in the morning with God and at midday or at evening and using this booklet and other things that other resources we have to slow us down to be with Jesus. And so you'll notice that they are um, organized according to our five values that I'm going to talk about in a moment. But let's, let's pray. Let's invite the Spirit to breathe on us. As we enter into scripture, Ephesians 2, we'll get there in a moment. Let's pray together. Lord, would you breathe on us at this point? Thank you for worship, for singing, for stories, baptism. Lord, for witnessing the resurrection power that's available because Jesus is alive. And Lord, I pray now that as I teach, as we open scripture, that you would speak to us. Open our hearts, Lord. Open our ears. Open our eyes. And may we be changed. May we walk out different than the way we walked into this building. We pray this in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. amen. Really, the, the theme of this is bridging barriers, becoming the people of God for our city. Let me begin with this. Our mission at New Life Fellowship Church is to be a multiracial community, leading people into a deep personal relationship with Jesus. When you strip everything down to the core of who we are and what we're called to do, every small group, every sermon, every worship set, every outreach, at the core of everything we do, we are looking to lead people into a deep personal relationship with Jesus. And the word that I want to focus on is that word, deep that word deep. We're about deep transformation here at New Life, so much so that the iceberg has become, uh, for years, really our unofficial church logo. And this is the image that really we want to get to the core of, that that 10% of the iceberg is seen and 90% of the iceberg is not seen. And what God wants to do is transform us, not just above the surface, but deep beneath the surface. And so many times when people come to Christ, the transformation sometimes is is on the surface and we focus on things like a new language and maybe some new behaviors and maybe even a new wardrobe. And we say, listen, I am new, I am new in Christ. And those things are good, those things are important. But what God wants to do is to transform us beyond just our wardrobe, beyond just our behaviors, beyond our language, he wants to transform us deep beneath the surface. And so we want to get at things, and this is not an exhaustive list, we want to get at things like shame and fear and our identity and our wounds and the idols that we hold and the impact of our family of origin. We, God wants to transform us deep beneath the surface. And so one of the ways or the few of the ways that we access the depth of this iceberg is through a set of theological and spiritual formation values. We call them our five m God wants to transform you deep beneath the surface. And the way that we focus on that at New Life is through this set of theological and spiritual formation values known as our five M's. And so I wanna just unpack the five M's and then I'm gonna focus on one of them as we enter into this passage in the book of Ephesians. Our first M is that we are called to be a monastic community, a monastic community. That is that we are called to slow down our lives to be with God. That the way that we access the layers beneath the surface of our lives is when we begin to cultivate silence and solitude and prayer and a rhythm of resting and working. God has called us to be a monastic community. I like how Ken Shigematsu has said it. He said that every one of us has a monk or nun embryo living inside of us. We all long for something more than the rat race, rushing through life without ever living. Deep down inside, there is a monk and nun embryo living inside of us. Last Halloween, Jerry said I'm in big trouble. Uh, Last Halloween, it, this has been on Facebook for a year, Jerry. Um, last Halloween, I walk out to get some dinner and, uh, and I come back in and as I walk in, I see a monk and a nun I, and I'm from Brooklyn, you know, I'm like, we're, we're getting robbed or something, you know, this, this is terrible. And then Pete and Jerry turn around with a bottle of wine, a monk with a bottle of wine in his hand, I said, this Halloween, hey Rich, and it became the best day ever. I was just like, this is amazing here. But you and I have a monk and a, like a nun, something that is called to a deep life with God. And although you might not live in a monastery, maybe you just live in Queens or wherever, God has called you to a deep life with him. And so one of the ways we access that which is beneath the surface is by being a monastic community. We're also called to be a multiracial community. That is, we are called to bridge racial, cultural, economic, and gender barriers. And if there is a time where we need to work for reconciliation, it is now. In light of what's happening in our country, in light of what's happening in our world, if there is a community that is to embody what it means to be multiracial, bridging racial, cultural, economic, and gender barriers, it is this community here. God has called us to this kind of work beneath the surface of our lives. And so at New Life we say things like this, that that the question about discipleship and spirituality is not, can I be your brother in Christ? That's too easy. The question is, can I be your brother-in-law? That's the question when we begin to access deep spirituality. It's one thing to say, that's my brother in Christ, but how close can I get to your family? That is the issue of reconciliation. And so we are called to bridge racial, cultural, economic, and gender barriers for Christ. And so we access that which is beneath the iceberg through this value. We also access and get to beneath the iceberg of our lives through our emotionally healthy value. And we know it doesn't start with the letter M, but the letter M has been capitalized there. (laughs) And we talk about what does it mean to love ourselves and love others well. the statement that we have really carried as one of our core statements at New Life for nearly the past 20 years is that it's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. That is to say that you can come to church all the time. You can quote the Bible. you You can sing all the songs. But if you don't know how to deal with your interior world, your fears, your sadness, your anger, it's not an indication of your spiritual maturity. It's an indication of your spiritual immaturity. Yeah, you can, on the surface, be volunteering and serving and doing so many things, but if we don't know how to integrate our interior world, our interior space, we're not really getting access beneath the surface of our lives. It's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. And so our emotionally healthy value is to access that which is beneath the surface We also access it by our fourth M, our fourth value, that we are married to Christ, that as a community, we are married to Christ, that we shape our lives, whether we are married or whether we are single, out of marriage to Christ. And so at New Life, when we talk about marriages and we talk about singleness, we use the language that God has called us to be a sign and a wonder, That you and I, that when, when people see your marriage, if you're married, that a sign points to another reality. A sign points to something. It is not the reality. It points to another reality. Your marriage is to point and participate in that reality. And when people see you as a single person, they see the life, the joy, the vibrance that you have as a single person. Your life is to be a sign pointing them to another reality. But we're not just called to be a sign. We're called to be a wonder as well. And a wonder is something that after you've been in the presence of a married couple, after you've been in the presence of a single person, that the person leaves away from you with awe and wonder because they have tasted something of God through your life. And when they see your marriage and the love that you have for one another, they they leave in awe because they've, they've tasted something of God through your love for one another. That as a single person, you're not just out there trying to survive. That there is a vibrancy to your life. That when people encounter you, they encounter signs and wonders. The issue with our lives is many of us are looking, always looking for signs and wonders, not knowing that God has called us to be a sign and a wonder. And so to, to be anchored in this community means that this value this marriage to Christ values to permeate our marriages, our singleness, our understanding of sexuality and spirituality. This is what we're called to be at New Life Fellowship Church. And finally, what accesses the, that which is beneath the iceberg is this missional value that we offer ourselves to the world. And so at New Life, we, we talk and we act on serving the poor, on working for justice, on the integration between our faith and work, in our generosity, and the way we witness to the world, that we are called to be a missional community. And my hope is that you would look at these values, if you've been rooted as a, as, as, as a member of New Life Fellowship Church, if you've been coming for any amount of time, that you would, you would look at these values and not say, these are the values of my church. You would go from saying that to these are my values. That's how you know you've made a shift and your understanding of what it means to be a part of a local church. That you go from saying, oh, those are my church's five M's. And you move to saying, these are my five M's. These are my values. I want to slow down my life. I want to bridge barriers. I want to be emotionally healthy. I want to be married to Christ and have my marriage or singleness embody that. I want to be missional. This is what it means to be part of this community. And so I often say that to enter into this church, we should have a sign outside that says enter at your own risk. (laughs) Because we're inviting you to more than just surface change. We're inviting you to deep beneath the surface transformation. And so in this season that we're in right now, I want to focus on one of the M's in particular. And this is what we're going to be doing for the next few weeks. Really, it's the second M. And they all build on each other. These M's all are connected to one another. But this is why we're calling this series, Bridging Barriers, Becoming the People of God for Our City, this multiracial value, bridging racial, cultural, economic, gender barriers. And we see Paul in Ephesians chapter two, writing something that's very instructive for us in Queens, New York City in 2016. Hear the word of the Lord. Paul writes, but now in Christ Jesus, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. Amen. There's been a lot of attention over the past year placed on the importance of building a wall. Now, this sermon is not going to address walls from the context of national security or immigration reform. I'll get to that soon enough. (laughs) But the metaphor of the wall is one that comes up in Scripture. But every time you see walls come up in Scripture, walls are meant to come down. And we see this exact point In this passage, Paul is getting at something that's instructive for what it means to be followers of Jesus, instructive for what it means to be the community of God. And what I want you to see throughout this message here is Paul is accenting and he's uh, focusing on the cross, and, and, and this is the line that I want you to see, that the cross is not just a bridge that crosses us over to God. The cross is a sledgehammer that breaks through walls that separate us. The cross is not just a bridge that gets us over to God. The cross is a sledgehammer that breaks through walls that separates us. Now, typically, when we think about the cross and and kind of salvation language, this image comes to mind that there is this big gulf between you and God. And it is sin that keeps us between God. And the only way that we can cross that gulf and get to the other side is through the cross. And I love this image. It's, a, it's theologically accurate. It's, it's theologically right, biblically right, that there is a gap between you and God. It's sin, and only Christ can bridge that gap. It is an important visual for us. But the issue is it's not a, a wrong visual in that it is a, it's also an incomplete visual. Because that's not just what the cross does. The cross is not just about me crossing over to be with God. The cross is about something more deeper than that. It's also about breaking down walls. This is the iconic image of the Berlin Wall coming down. And this is a picture of what the cross does in our lives. It's to join us to God, and it is to tear down walls that keep us from each other. And this is what Paul is saying in this passage in Ephesians chapter 2. And what Paul says in this passage has everything to do with you and I. When Paul writes this letter, he writes to this church, and this church is comprised of a group of people that are very different from each other. And isn't this one of the more beautiful signs, perhaps the primary sign of the gospel? Not that you can have a relationship with God, but by, through the gospel, you can be in the new family of Jesus with people that look nothing like you, that often think differently than you that often vote differently than you. This is perhaps the greatest miracle of it all, that in Christ, he can create a new family out of people from different backgrounds. And so in the New Testament, we see that this is perhaps the greatest miracle of the New Testament, different people coming together. And when you reflect on what Paul is facing, it's quite staggering. There was a British scholar who concluded that if the Apostle Paul's house churches, which consisted of about 30 or 40 people, uh, if we could reimagine it, that this would essentially be what the makeup was of these house churches. That they would probably meet at, the, at a craft worker's home with his wife, his children, a couple of male slaves, a female domestic slave, and, and a dependent relative. That a Jewish, Jewish man and woman would be part of this house church. That citizens and freed slaves and slaves who had no legal rights would be part of this house church. That Gentiles, non Jews from all moral walks of life would join together. People from elite classes, all the way down the social scale to homeless people, would gather into this place. Do you think these people agreed on everything? Do you think they watched the same TV shows? Do you think they voted the same way? No, absolutely not. And yet in Christ, something has happened. Walls have come down. And so Paul focuses that he writes to this church and says that we have to be mindful of this wall of hostility. There was a wall of hostility before they were in Christ. And Paul understands that if the church is not careful, that hostility can come back even after they're in Christ. In other words, the gravitational pull of our lives is to rebuild walls that Jesus has already torn down. That's the gravitational pull of our lives. Jesus has torn the wall down And the pull of our lives is to rebuild that which Jesus has torn down that keeps us from each other. And the one word that Paul gets at about these walls that we need to focus on is the word hostility. It's not just any wall. It's a wall of hostility. And this passage, this word hostility, the range of meaning of this, it's a wall of prejudice a wall of animosity, a wall of suspicion, a wall of separation. And these, sadly, are often words that describe our lives. And then when you add to it the complexity of our church, of New Life Fellowship Church, it gets even more complicated. Because our church is uh, culturally diverse, our church is theologically diverse, our church is politically diverse, ethnically diverse. And whatever tensions... that are out there often come in here. If there's tensions between Jews and Palestinians out there, those tensions come in here. If there's tension between police officers and the black community out there, those tensions come in here. If there's tension between Democrats and Republicans, I know there's no tension, but if there's tension between they're out there, <laughs> it comes in here. If there's tension met between the Mets fans and Yankee fans out there, God knows, above all else, those tensions are felt viscerally in here. And so our world is in Deep hostility. Go on social media, look at the news. Deep, deep hostility. Walls are up. Hostility is all over the place. But what happens, what Paul is saying is what, what, what happens out there isn't to happen in here. I remember growing up, I'd, I'd play outside with my friends. I'd come back maybe with a, a bad attitude or something. And my mother would say, um, uh, don't bring that in here. Mom ever said that to you. Just no 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 no. Just don't don't just don't bring that in here. And Jesus is saying the world might live in a particular way. But as the family of God, as the people of God, as family of Jesus, we are to be different. The walls of hostility are to come down. And so in light of these tensions, Paul writes that Jesus is the wall breaker. He's the one who tears down the walls. And in verse 14, he says that Jesus, for he himself, is our peace. If there's one verse we want to memorize for the rest of this year, it might be this. Jesus, he himself, is our peace. The government is not your peace. Your job is not your peace. The military is not your peace. For he himself is our peace. And not only is he our peace, he is the way to peace. And so he writes this, that that who, who has made two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Now, when Paul's writing, he's talking about a deep hostility that has been in existence for centuries. And it's the hostility between Jews and Gentiles. And this hostility was seen in so many ways, but one of the ways that it was really embodied was in temple worship. Because in temple worship, the, the, the temple was filled with walls that isolated people from each other. In the outer courts, that would be the Gentiles, where the Gentiles could stay and God-fearing Gentiles could worship. But that's as far as they could go. Maybe the next area, the next courtyard area would be for, for uh, Jewish women who were ceremonially clean. And they could enter into that space. But that's as far as they could go. And then there was another area for men that were ritually clean, they could enter, and then the holies of holies. And, but what, was, what marked the temple were walls, and often walls of hostility. I read recently that there was like a sign in one of the inner court areas that said this, that whoever is captured past this point will have himself to blame for his subsequent death. That's what you call Hostility. <laughs> And so this is the kind of hostility that's present in the very bones of the people that are gathering together in Paul's house churches. This is, not, this is deep-rooted, centuries-old, family-of-origin stuff. And Paul says that in Christ, something has happened, not just a bridge between us and God, but a sledgehammer has come to tear down walls that separate us. And so he says that his purpose, Paul writes, was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. I love the word new there. The word new there's the word in Greek is kainos. And it means a a new kind of unprecedented, uncommon, unheard of reality. This is bigger than an iPhone 7 upgrade, everybody, okay? It's the same phone too. Don't wait, wait for the 8 to come out. saying, the church that exists here through, through Jesus Christ is more than just an upgrade. This is a kynos thing. It's something that's unprecedented, uncommon, unheard of. No one has seen this before. And this is what we get to live into as the people of God here in Queens. All 75 nations of us represented here. This is the, we enter into this kynos spirit. Something unprecedented That's happened because of Jesus. Whatever walls that exist need to come down in his name. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring the walls that need to come down. And there are many walls out there, plenty of walls. But what I want to do is I want to give you a, a little preview of where we're going over the next few weeks. Because we need to be thoughtful about how do we maintain the, the spirit of who Christ called us to be as the people of God in a world which is filled with walls of hostility. And so there are walls of hostility all over the place. And we're going to be focusing on, uh, first of all, the political walls that exist. And man, these walls are thick. This is not some sheetrock here. You just take a little hammer. That these are some thick walls of hostility. And we see this every, every time you, if you're on social media, you just, you, you log on and all of it, you just feel it in your bones, just hostility. And this image really just captures just what I feel when I go on social media. It's just like, it's like, just like, must not join political debate office. <laughs> it's like, anyone know what I'm talking about? It's just like, like, Lord, I've seen more people take social media Sabbaths over the past month because of the walls of hostility that we are faced with. And so there are political walls that exist, but in Jesus' name, they could come down. That we are not identified by a political party. That we are identified by the name of Jesus. Primarily identified by the name of Jesus. And those walls are to come down. We're called to break down and tear down racial walls. That we live in a society that has that, that this intense racial division, we do not live in a post-racial society. And this is and all the, the racism and the tension that exists in our culture did not just come. And there wasn't a time where, like a couple of decades ago, everything got better. And then now it's worse again. It's been like this. We just have technology. We just can see more of it. That's what's happened. And so there are deep, abiding racial walls of hostility that exist in our culture, in our world, in our churches that Jesus wants to tear down. This is why Jesus can say, therefore, because we are in Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female. That we are all one in Christ. Why? The wall has been torn down. And so we're called to to tear down political walls and racial walls and economic walls. The walls of division often keep us from those that are on the margins, without power. Poor people. And at New Life, for almost the past 30 years, we have been committed to empowering and to living our lives alongside of those who are on the margins economically. This is why we have a community development corporation that serves thousands of people every single year. And we're looking to empower people throughout our community because of the love of Jesus. We want to tear down economic walls. We want to tear down what I'm telling mission walls, that all to what happens in churches is churches get to a particular size or or churches just have a particular theology and it's us against them. And we rebuild we a wall that keeps us from engaging people who do not know Jesus. or we Or we divide our world into sacred and secular compartments and we build a wall between that. So what does it mean to go to your workplace and find Jesus there? Some of you are like, I find the devil there. That's easy. Finding Jesus is a whole other thing. (laughs) But what would it look like to actually work in such a way that we recognize the presence of God and we work for the kingdom of God and for the common good and for the shalom of our city? Mission walls coming down. But ultimately, we, we have to wrestle with the interior walls because the exterior walls are usually a projection of the walls that we've built on the inside, walls of self-protection, walls of unforgiveness, walls of fear and defensiveness, walls of indifference. And if Jesus can begin to break down the walls that live inside of us, we we can begin to see walls come down outside of us. And so the invitation is that we would be a community that says yes to this, that says yes to following Jesus in this way, that we don't just participate in the church service, that we participate in the life of the church, to say that those values, Rich, that you just talked about, those are my values, those are becoming my values. And we're here to offer something to the world that the world has not seen. In short, our church and the church in general around the world were called to be a sign, a prophetic sign. A sign of something that's to come. Now, one of the communities that has inspired me uh, over the years has been the, the large community. It was founded in 1972 by a man named Jean Vanier now they have 149 communities around the world. And these communities are, are built to serve, and not just serve, to live alongside of people who have mental disabilities. And so people leave their place in life to join this community, not just to serve them, but to be served by them. Not just to give, but to receive. And these communities here have inspired me as I've seen people leave lives of what you would call relative success to root themselves in this kind of community. And the aim of these large communities, as I was reading them again this week, is to create communities which welcome people who have intellectual disabilities. It says, by this, large seeks to respond to the distress of those who are too often rejected and to give them a valid place in society. And their word there is that in a divided world, the arch wants to be a sign of hope, a sign of hope. And as I thought about their communities around the world, I thought about our community here in Queens. And I thought that at the core of it, when you strip everything down, what are we doing at New Life Fellowship? We are to be a sign. We are to be a prophetic sign. A sign is a, a sign of what? A sign of the kingdom of God that's to come. That one day Jesus Christ is going to fully and finally reign. And one day he's going to rule in his kingdom in the fullness of that sense. But until that time happens, you and I are to be a sign showing people what's to come. You and I are to be like that piece of chicken on a toothpick in the food court in the mall. (laughs) I'm getting deep now. Stay with me here. And when you get a sample, you know those pieces of chicken on the tooth. They hand you a sample, bourbon chicken sample. And you take a bite of that bourbon chicken. And the next thing you say is, I want the full meal. Where can I get this? And the man says, right there. That's where you can get it, right there. The church is to be a piece of bourbon chicken on a toothpick. that when people see our love that when people see our light, that when people see our joy that when people see our peace that when people see the kind of love that has Jesus deposited in us they say where can I get more of that and we say right here with Jesus We are to be a movie trailer, a 30 second movie trailer of the movie that's to come out in two years. And you know what it's like? You're in the movies and something, you see a 30 second trailer and the first thing you say, I cannot wait to see that thing. It just wet your appetite. We are to be a preview of things to come. That when people see our love, when people see our life, when people see the resurrection embodied in us, they say, I cannot wait when that full thing comes out, when Jesus fully and finally reigns. We are to be a sneak preview of what's to come. Can you say amen Amen. to that? And all these things are possible with God who breaks down every wall of hostility, externally and internally. So the question is, are these your values? That's the question today. You being a part of New Life Fellowship Church, are these your values? And the invitation that the Holy Spirit, I believe, is giving to us right now is to say, if you're part of this community here, these are, the marks of what it means to be rooted in this local church here. Amen. Amen. Let me invite you to close your eyes. Let's have the worship team come forward. Maybe there's some walls inside of you today. Walls of fear. Walls between you and loved ones. Walls between you and people you disagree with. This is an opportunity to say, Lord, inside of me, would you begin to tear down those walls that my life would be a sign, a wonder. Something that points to the reality that's to come when Jesus Christ fully and finally reigns. Jesus, we confess that all too often we have lived by this wall of hostility. It's in our bones. It's what we've been taught. Sometimes it's all that we know. But May your spirit begin the work of deep transformation beneath the surface of this iceberg that we would be the people of God. You've called us to be in Queens, New York City. And for those watching online, may you begin to deposit more and more of your life in them. That they may follow you as you are leading them. And so, Lord, we sing to you now words of praise and worship. We pray this in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. Let's all stand together. Let's sing. Amen. As we close our service here, I want to invite the prayer team to come to my right today. We have our Lord's table uh, to my right as well. And I wanted to just be very practical with us in terms of some next steps here. Uh, You can just put that on the screen here. What do we do with this here first? I want to start with four, and then I'll work my way up. Some of you came today, and you are not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been coming to church Uh, maybe you've been participating in different ways, but you've never said yes to Jesus. And he came as a song, he comes from heaven to earth to tear down every barrier that keeps us from God and from each other. And that barrier has been torn down, but the question is, have you moved forward? Have you walked across? And if you've never done that, our prayer team is here. And maybe you sense the spirit of God talking to you right now, something inside of you saying, I want to follow Christ. I want the kind of life, the kind of joy, the kind of love. Or maybe you feel far from God, and today you sense God calling your name very specifically. Our prayer team will wait here as long as we need to to pray for you, and your friends will wait for you as long as we need to as well. And so that's one step here that as we close our service, you can come forward. I want you to invite you to prayerfully consider going through community talks. What does it mean to be rooted as a member of our church? To say, I want to grow in these values. I want to grow in this theology. I want to grow in this life with God. And so that starts next week. You can sign up for that as well. You can sign up for the Emotionally Healthy Relationships course. We're we're about more than just today's really sermons like this. It's about encounter and formation. Encounter and form. We want you to encounter God through the word of God. And we want you to be formed every time we gather, but the kind of formation that we need to break through walls is more than just a Sunday. Sometimes we need just prolonged times of conversation and prayer and learning, and so you can sign up for that course. And downstairs in the shell room, I mentioned last week that to be part of New Life Fellowship is not just you're connecting in community, you're growing, but you're using your gifts that the Spirit of God has given you to serve others. And so down in the shell room, Uh, there's some areas of kids ministry, youth ministry. There's a beautiful display there that you can meet some folks down there and consider volunteering. And you can go down the expressway. That's the the C is the express uh, train uh, to take you down there. But as we close, let me invite you to open your hands towards heaven. Maybe if you're watching online, we close every gathering like this. It's a sign of of Blessing. We always end our gatherings with our hands in a posture of receiving because we cannot give what we have not received. And the core of the Christian life is living out of this place of blessing. Our identity is rooted in Jesus. And it is out of that place that we offer ourselves as a gift to the world. And so with your hands and your hearts in a posture of receiving brothers and sisters, and sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May he shine his face upon you and fill you with peace. May you walk out of this building in the power of the Holy Spirit, experiencing the life of Jesus, the life of God, the peace of God. And may you offer that life and that peace to those you encounter this week. So I bless you all today in the strong, in the beautiful, in the resurrected name of Jesus. And everyone said... Amen. Grace and peace to everyone.